DAB Plus online via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. EFL All Access on TalkSport 2. Welcome to EFL All Access on TalkSport 2. The international break means there was no championship fixtures this weekend, only two League One games, but we had plenty of League Two action as Wrexham secured a late victory at the racecourse ground. Speedy drives in field, it's a brilliant run and it's a right foot, it deflected it! Despite the lack of championship action, uh, we will hear from the Hull City boss, Liam Rossini, as the Tigers sit sixth in the table. It's not about getting carried away right now. It's a form table. I'm not taking any notice of where we are in the league or top six or whatever. It's just more about getting as many points as possible. And you'll also hear from Notts County captain Carl Cameron as the Magpies aim for back-to-back promotions. There's a lot of games to be played and... If we can keep just improving in the manner in, in which we're doing, hopefully we'll, we'll be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. Loads for myself and the former Portsmouth and Huddersfield Town manager Danny Cowley to get our teeth stuck into over the next hour or so. You're listening to EFL All Access on Talk Sport 2. Hello, hello, hello. I am Hugh Wizencroft joining you off the back of a less busy weekend across the EFL. But as I mentioned, um, some very interesting talking points. Uh, We saw more late goals. We've seen managers appointed and another manager sacked in the EFL. We'll get the manager's view from our guest today, the former Portsmouth, Huddersfield and Lincoln City boss, Danny Cowley. Hi, Danny. How are you doing? Good evening, Hugh. Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm all right, mate. mate. How have you been? Um, It's been a while since you left Portsmouth, back in in January now, isn't it? So you've been keeping yourself busy. I'm sure you're itching to get back back in the dugout as well. Yeah, absolutely. Nicky and I are missing football every day. Um, But but we've enjoyed the the break that we've had. Had an opportunity to recharge the batteries, to reflect, to learn, to try to move the, the way that we work forward. Um, we've been lucky enough to have a couple of offers in in just recent weeks, but just trying to trying to wait for the right club. I think trying to find a club that's self aware enough to know where it is today, to have a clear vision of of where it wants to go. And I think once once you find a club that has a as and and you understand its start point and they understand their 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 vision, um, then you can decide whether you have the skill set to be able to to move it forward. But but yeah, wait. Really, really looking forward to, to 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 our next opportunity. Not going to name any names tonight, but uh, there aren't that many clubs in the EFL that it could be. Maybe abroad, who knows? But uh, I, I won't delve too deep on that. But I do think it's quite interesting what you're saying there about choosing the right place for you for yourself, a club that has the self awareness. How high is that on your list in terms of picking your next job? That it that it fits, if you like, everything goes together in that jigsaw. I think that's the ideal. I think when when Nicky and I look back at the successes we've had over the last fifteen seasons, I think when when we've been able to work uh, at clubs that that have have a clear vision and have alignment and, and joined up thinking, um, then then we've been able to have success. We we know that that success only comes with with a lot of good people working working very hard together. And yeah, for, for Nicky and I, we we believe in our work ethic. We believe in our skill set, um, and we know that. The, the right club and the right organisation that we we can have sustained success and yeah like I said we uh, we're looking forward to the to the next opportunity. Well, we're hoping to see you back out there soon. For the meantime, absolutely delighted that you're joining us on EFL All Access. Uh, And I'm going to get your views across this hour to the start of the season. So we will be talking championship, guys, because I'm so interested to know what Danny's thought about the start of the season there. Of course, we can reflect on League One and Two, where there was a little bit of action uh, this weekend as well, with it being the international break. Generally, there has been a theme across the leagues of late, late goals, Danny. And I, I wonder whether... With the new rules and the fact that we are seeing more and more uh, stoppage time, whether you, whether you think actually that it's either concentration and a lack thereof, or maybe a little bit of fatigue coming into teams right at the end of the matches, we're seeing goals 95th, 96th, 97th minute and the rest every weekend now. You know, it it has provided the players with a different challenge, if you like. Yeah, it certainly has. I can understand why the players and, and managers and coaches... Uh, probably a little bit um, 
are concerned about about the new rules and the new laws, particularly in terms of player safety and player injury. Now, now we're we're seeing games going on to to over a hundred minutes, um, but it's certainly made for it for, for exciting endings in games. And and yeah, no doubt, I think player fatigue, concentration levels mean that maybe there's more mistakes in the latter part of the game. I think also now that we have five, we have five subs in the EFL, players are coming on and more players are coming on fresher um, and they're able to, to maybe exploit the, the, the mistakes and the spaces that maybe the, the players that have played the whole game um, are, are leaving. So, so no, it, it, there's definitely been some exciting culminations mm. to games and, uh, yeah, I, I I do understand why why managers and coaches are concerned. Are you um, a... I think that, well, I just think that that ultimately, um, you know, that the EFL have put this law in place. I understand why they have done because we're we're seeing more and more time wasting in the game now. And I think when 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 we look at last season, I think the ball in play time, certainly for us at Portsmouth, was was around fifty minutes. Um, when, when you consider the games played over 90, that's 40 minutes that's being wasted in one way or another. So, so I understand where, where the law comes from. Probably um, in the early part of the season, the, the officials are, 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 are stamping their authority. I anticipate that gradually as the season goes on, that, that hopefully, hopefully teams will time waste less and there'll be mm-hmm. less need for, for, for the additional injury time. We shall see. I think we're we're moving into the part of the season where certain teams want the ball off the pitch as much as possible. Uh, the pressure is coming for a number of teams. It's already come for a number of managers already. Um, I guess we can start with the two incomings, if you like. Uh, let's reflect on, on League One there. The, the news that League One side Fleetwood Town appointed the former Hibs boss Lee Johnson as their new manager. He was sacked by Hibs uh, at the end of August after a, a slow start to the Scottish season, but he replaces Scott Brown, uh, who left after five defeats from Fleetwood's opening six league games. What do you make of, of Lee Johnson's appointment? It hasn't gone his way, I guess, over the last uh, couple of appointments for him. Is this the right person for Fleetwood at this time? Well, Lee's an incredibly experienced manager. I think he's had um, a wealth of experience at championship level, at League One level in particular. He's obviously gone to Hibernian and 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 enjoyed an experience there in in the Scottish Premier Premier League. Um, and he's an intelligent man, and I have no doubt that from all the experiences that he's had, he's been able to build his competency. And he will he will have definitely taken learning from 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 all of those experiences. And I think it's a really good appointment for Fleetwood. I think. You know, you never like to see a manager get a sack, um, particularly this early in the season. Um, I'm, you know, having having walked in their shoes, my, I'm always going to have empathy for for managers that are sacked, mm. particularly this early on. Um, but Fleetwood decided to 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 make the call, and and I think the appointment of Lee Johnson is 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 a good one. I think Fleetwood have a really experienced squad. I think they have goals in their team. Um, I think there's also a really nice balance um, within their squad with their, that experience. They also have some young players that are on an upward curve. Um, so I, I, I would expect Lee to go in and, and do a really job, a really good job there, and uh, move move Fleetwood from the position that they're in. Um, and you know we've seen seen Lee's teams in the past. He can go on these fantastic runs. Um, and re- he's, he's a manager that's really able to put put games together and wins together. Mm. Um, I'm sure he'd be hoping to do that. Uh, how can you, as a manager, keep that positivity when you move straight from one job where you've been sacked and you move very quickly into another job and you have to come and you know be this person that brings a freshness and energy because you're joining a club nine times out of ten where the results haven't been great. But obviously, you know, for, for Lee Johnson, he's come off the, his experience at Hibs where they haven't been playing a great at this point in time. So he's got to come in and lift the room and it provides a real challenge for, for a motivator. I guess that's what a coach thinks they are and wants to be. You know, it, football tactics is one thing, but you have to lift the people that you work with. So how tough will that be for Lee Johnson? Well, that that would without doubt be his, his challenge. I actually spoke to Lee last week and uh, I think he was... He had a, he was in a removal van coming from Hibernian back to his house in Bristol when he got the he got the phone call from Fleetwood so he diverted off and um, ended up ended up 
turning up at Fleetwood for an interview in his in his removal van, I believe. So um, this is kind of football and the life that we live. It, mm. it can be very uncertain. You never know quite what tomorrow is going to bring. Um, for Lee, I thought he was really unlucky at Bernie, and he obviously got them into the in, into Europe last year. I think probably being in Europe and having to play league games and playing on the Thursday in the European competition and then having to play on the Sunday in the league, the league form suffered at, at the beginning of this season. And sometimes you can sometimes you can be a victim of your own success. But but he'll he'll go in at Fleetwood. He'll see this as a a, a really a great opportunity. Um, He's someone that, that loves the game, has a real energy and a real enthusiasm. And I'm sure that he will be able to um, share that with, with with the staff and the players and give, give everybody a lift at Fleetwood. Looking for a lift, uh, Charlton as well. They've appointed the former Blackpool boss, Michael Appleton, as their new uh, head coach, replacing Dean Holden. Uh, that's after, of course, uh, the Addicts lost four of their first five league games. Holden was sacked uh, on the 27th of August. Now, Appleton's had stints with Oxford United, Lincoln City, among others. He's agreed a two-year contract at the Valley, but he is, Danny, their their fifth different boss in two and a half years. So it's almost, you know, we talk about the challenge of, of Lee Johnson. This one is an interesting one because there has not been that consistency at Charlton. There has not been that stability at Charlton. Michael Appleton, we know, wanted to prove that he was good enough to be a championship manager. I'm sure he'll be happy to be back in the dugout here at a big club in in Charlton Athletic. But um, without that stability, without that consistency off the field, is he just another manager of a long list who's got, you know, everything against them, basically? Well, I think you're right. It's a club that needs stability, for sure. Um, they've obviously got a new new ownership group. I think they've had Andy Scott that's gone in as director of foot, football or technical director. I think he'll um, he'll come in and, and with his wealth of experience, we'll we'll be able to support the support Michael in in his new role. But it will be a club that's looking to try to find that stability and that consistency. They've got an incredible academy. There's no doubt about that. Probably the best academy in, in League One, I would I would say. They've got some fantastic young players coming through as a consequence. Um, they've also got some good experienced players. So I think there, there, there's, a, there's a group of players there that has been assembled that can definitely be successful in this division. Um, there's no, no doubt that quality in their group can 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 definitely um, move, move towards the top of this league. I, I see them as as even after the start that they've had as a team that can that can make the playoffs. Um, but but Michael's first challenge will be a, will be around trying to organise the team defensively. They've they've obviously conceded too many goals in in recent times. I think maybe seven goals against two League Two clubs. Um, as well as well as goals in in, in League One as well, mm. um, so so yeah, their 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 first job will be to try to try to organise the team against the ball, try to stop them conceding from restarts and set pieces, which they've had problems. And and if Michael can do that, we all know that um, he's a he's a fantastic attacking coach. He's he's a he's a he's a manager that and a coach that that is able to to really get the best out of the. The attacking out of his attacking players, you only have to look at the job he did at Oxford. You look at the job he did in his second season at Lincoln, um, and he's someone that's very good at developing young players. Um, so, so yeah, his 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 ambition will be to to try to use all of the qualities that 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 he has in in his repertoire to try to to influence Charlton. But but I think his first job is to. Is is to is to help the team against the ball and, and help them defensively. And if he can do that, then then I anticipate you know we're, we're, there's still 40 games of the season mm. left. I anticipate Charlton having a, having a good season. But but without doubt, stability is something that that I think that the club needs. I think every, you know not just the head coach, but all of its employees, whether they be whether they're whether whether they're staff members or whether they're players. I think we all do better when there's a when there's a platform for us to be able to to push on from. And I'm sure that the, the new ownership group will, will be trying to provide that for, for Michael and, and for, for the rest of the employees at Charlton Athletic. 
big job on the hands of Michael Appleton and Lee Johnson, who's gone to Fleetwood Town. We'll talk about the sacking at Tranmere uh, that came yesterday as well. Um, but we will also look at the, the action this weekend. We'll have a feature-length interview with the whole City boss, Liam Rossini, and we've spoken to Notts County's captain, Carl Cameron. So plenty to come on EFL All Access. Stay with us on TalkSport 2. On DAB+, Plus, online, by the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. EFL All Access. On TalkSport 2. You're listening to EFL All Access with myself, Hugh Wisencroft, and the former Huddersfield and Portsmouth boss, Danny Cowley. We'll be hearing from Carl Cameron, the Notts County captain, in a few moments' time after he scored a cracking goal uh, at the weekend. But, Danny, let me quickly ask you about League One in general. This weekend, uh, we saw Leighton Orient come from behind to record a deserved 2-1 win at the leaders' Exeter. Rule Sotirio firing home a stoppage time winner. Stephen is currently top of the table. They drew 2 all with Carlisle. Uh, they've had a really positive start to the season under Steve Evans. They won four of their seven league games so far, newly promoted, of course, uh, into League One. So what, what have you made so far about the newly promoted sides in this division? In fact, the league as a whole right now, as we saw Liam Manning win the EFL League One Manager of the Month award for August with Oxford United winning four of their opening five games. I mean, there is so much to think about. Um, Oxford finishing 19th last season, for example. Where do you where do you see the power lying, if you like, in this division so far? Well, I think it's a really open division. I think it's a, probably out of all of the EFL divisions, the most open division. I think last year you looked at the league and there was a lot of big hitters, um, the likes of Ipswich and, and Sheffield Wednesday in particular, and obviously Plymouth just had an outstanding season. Um, and that's before we even talk about Bolton Wanderers and Derby County and Portsmouth and Charlton Athletic. This year, it looks it looks really open to me. And I think, you know, you've only got to look at the start that Stevenage and Exeter have made um, and, and probably Port Vale as well. I mean, you have to consider that Port Vale after their opening game, um, losing so heavily to Barnsley, the way that they've responded um, unbeaten since, since that game. And I think that that tells you quite a lot about the league, actually. I think anybody can beat anybody on any given day. Um, Stevenage have, have certainly taken the momentum from their promotion last year. We know that Steve Evans is a is a very, very experienced manager, creates really competitive teams. I mean, the fact that they've they've already won three of their four away games is 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 really impressive. Um and they, they sit at sit at the top of the division at the moment. I think, yeah, Exeter and Port Vale, fantastic starts for them as well. And like you alluded to, Liam Manning, again, another team that, that had, a, had a difficult opening opening fixture. Um, but since then has um, had, a, had a really good run. I actually watched them play Port Vale um, at the weekend, the, the, week, the weekend before last. And um, yeah, they they were in a really good position in that game before, before they got Mark Harris sent off. And, and unfortunately, um, conceded a goal just after after that moment um, and then got themselves back into it in injury time before losing the game. And yeah, again, shows you how tight this division is. Um, I think it's a really exciting league and I think it's really open. And I think that there's probably somewhere in the region of 12, 13, 14 teams that will think that they can they can get promoted this year. Yeah, looking at the table, a number of teams who will really be pushing themselves uh, towards the top. It's going to be very, very intriguing as the weeks go by. But we're going to focus, I think, on League Two. Seen so many uh, interesting results this weekend. I guess the feature game for a lot of people was Notts County taking on uh, MK Dons. But actually, Notts County were displaced from the top of the League Two table by Gillingham this weekend. Despite that feeling of positivity surrounding Meadow Lane as the Magpies aim for back-to-back promotions. Before we talk about the result this weekend, let's hear more about Notts County. Earlier, I spoke to their club captain, Carl Cameron. Carl, thanks for joining us on Talk Sport 2. Real pleasure uh, to, to talk to you. I, I wanted to start really by asking you about the weekend and what you made of the team's performance. One or draw at MK Dons. Good result, yes, but you controlled things for most of the game. Was it one that you walked away from, maybe felt like you, you could have taken all three? Um, I think so, yeah. Uh, it was one of them games where we did have our chances, especially... Once they scored, I think we notched up a gear and we had a good sort of 20, 25 minute spell um, in the second half where it looked like we, we could have went on and, and won the game. Um, but I think when you 
look at it, a League One side that's come down last year, first fee, second, I think a point's a, a good result for us. Lovely equaliser as well. And it looked like it meant a lot to you too. Special moment. Yeah, no, definitely. I think um, as a centre-half, you don't really get many chances to score goals. So whenever I, I score one, it does uh, does mean a lot. And I, I do try and enjoy the moment as much as I can. OK, well, it was a good goal at the weekend and a good performance from the side. Uh, now six games unbeaten in League Two, having lost the opening two games, if you like, in League and Cup. How do you feel the side has adapted to life at this level? I think we're doing we're doing okay. We're, we're getting better every week. Um, I think when you look at the contrast from the first game to Saturday's game, I think there's a big difference in the way in which we're playing and sort of the the level in which we're holding ourselves uh, with the with the confidence and how we're playing. So um, I think we're adapting well and and uh, the way things are going, we're sort of getting better and better each game, um, which is the main thing. Uh, and like I said, improvements are being made and hopefully we can sort of keep adding them small little percentages each week and then keep that going for the for the full season. In a way, no one wants to lose 5-1 on the opening day, but in a way, you know, did, did that help you come to a realisation of, of what was needed and just, you know, to take a breather, like you said, to calm things down and say, look, look we need to just get back to our processes. We know what's worked for us and it's gone on from there because it has been a very good response. I think so. I think so, yeah. I think so, definitely. Um, like I say, we're, we're getting there, we're improving, we're, we're getting better and, and it's just something that we, we have to keep working at. It's a, it's a long old season. Um, do you know what I mean? There's a lot of games to be played and if we can keep just improving in the manner in, in which we're doing, hopefully we'll, we'll be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. Do you feel personally as a player, I know I asked you about as a captain, but as a player, you've had to change anything going into this season, whether it be psychologically, physically, preparation. Has there felt like there is a difference between what you were doing last year and this season? Um, to a certain degree, yes. I think the, the major thing, I had a good conversation with the gaffer at the beginning of pre-season and um, what he sort of wanted from me was to, to sort of step up my comfort zone and, and try and play with a bit more intensity. Um, I'd sort of got used to playing in the National League for so many years. I was sort of stuck in, in a little bit of a rut and a little bit of a comfort zone. Um, so for me, I, I just come back in pre-season and I've tried to maybe apply myself a little bit more at him and, and really improve my, my sort of levels throughout the week and not not sort of manage my body and try and look after myself too much, just really try and put in that higher intensity. And I feel like it's starting to sort of show on a Saturday now. Um, I'm feeling good, feeling fit, feeling strong. And um, I feel like each week, not just the team, but my sort of personal performances are sort of gradually improving uh, as we go as well. Tell us a little bit more about your manager, Luke Williams, and, and what kind of impact he's, he's had and he's having currently on your career. Uh, brilliant. He's, he's honestly top, top guy. Um, as a manager, he, he's sort of flawless in my eyes. He he sort of picks up on all, all little details and, and tries to, improve you in all areas I mean you, when you play for so long you, you get to a point where you think you you may know it all but then he comes in with fresh ideas new ideas and sort of completely changes your your sort of your view on, on football and the way in which you look at football now um, but I think I think if you ask the same question to every single member in the squad but in the staff as well I think they'd all say exactly the same thing um, he's just sort of flipped the mentality of the group around um, from being do I mean a, a sort of a good team to, to being a, a very good team and, and a, a very well driven winning orientated uh, outfit which which we sort of proved last season and which we are trying to prove this season so um, I think obviously a lot of the credit even though we, we do the work on the pitch, a lot of the credit has to, has to go to him and the way in which he works every day with us. Big coup in the summer signing of David McGoldrick, I, I wondered, you know, for you as a captain, having to captain someone with vast experience like him, have you been trying to learn as much as you can, trying to glean things from him and his his vast experience that can help with your role? Of course, I think I'm still a youngish captain, only 26. I sort of stepped in the role at 24. And from looking back to that that first season when I was captain to to now, I feel like I've, I've learned a lot, I've improved a lot and 
I really have the the backing from the staff and the management um, to try and lead the lads and and organise them when I best see fit. But you know, I mean, we have a we have a change room full of leaders. You know, we have a lot of senior lads who've been there and done it who who always try and help me, and they also take responsibility themselves as well and, and try and pass things on rather than it just coming from me or like you say, normally it would just come from a captain where I think we have a, a lot of lads who, who could potentially wear the armband within our group who step up and help lead everyone when when uh, when times are, are tough or in different situations. Next up for the club this week, you've got Wolves under 21s in the, in the Football League trophy. Big game away at Salford City as well on, on Friday night. How do you feel the challenges are going to be throughout this week for you guys? I think the the main one this week is probably that one less day recovery. Um, we'll play on a Friday instead of Saturday. So I think tomorrow will be about managing bodies and managing minutes and making sure everyone everyone gets what they need out of it and going in with the same mentality of keeping that unbeaten run up and, and winning tomorrow and then sort of resting, recovering and going into a big game on Friday, that, that, that shorter period. Um, could take its toll a little bit, so we have to make sure we're, we're bang on with that. As we know that that's a it's a bigger away game. It's a team that's going to be up and around it all season, so um, it's important that we go there and, and try and get a positive result on Friday night. And finally, I just wanted to ask you, kind of, kind of about your aspirations, but also, of course, we know you started your career with Newcastle United, and, and what goals you still had for yourself in terms of your career, the level that you'd like to see yourself playing at and also if you are still a Newcastle United fan whether you, you you think you might be able to get yourself a ticket for the San Siro to watch them in the Champions League um, For myself personally I'd, I'd love to play as high as I possibly can uh, still I'm still only 26 so for me I, I think a reasonable target would be to get to the Championship um, I'd love that if that was with Notts County um, but I, I understand sometimes football doesn't work like that so for me Getting to the championship would be would be a, a big target for me still to try and play as high as I possibly can. Um, but for getting a ticket to the San Siro, I think that's a no because it's a Tuesday night and uh, we're training on a Wednesday, so that'll be a no-go. Carl Cameron there, the captain of Notts County. Really interesting to hear him talk about just how he's trying to better himself uh, with that armband on for the Magpies. They've started the season very well. Uh, probably deserved a little bit more out of their one-all draw with MK Dons, but that is how it ended uh, at the weekend in League Two. We have more stories for you from the division coming up next here on TalkSport 2. You're listening to EFL All Access in partnership with 888 Sport. Made to challenge, made to debate, made to play. It's 18+. plus. BeGambleAware.org. On DAB+, Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. EFL All Access on TalkSport 2. Hello, you're listening to TalkSport 2. I'm Hugh Wizencroft and this is EFL All Access. I'm joined uh, this afternoon by Danny Cowley, the former Portsmouth and Huddersfield boss. We were discussing uh, League 2 and uh, Notts County, the way that they have uh, taken to life after their promotion, but loads of other great stories from the division as well. Uh, Mansfield, third spot after an impressive 3-0 win at Accrington. Uh, Swindon edging out Sutton in an entertaining eight-goal thriller as well. Uh, Sutton have now lost their last six consecutive games after winning 5-1 against Notts County on the opening day. And Elliot Lee hitting an 88th-minute winner for Wrexham uh, to down the basement outfit Doncaster. Two goals to one. Wrexham move up to seventh in the League Two table. And it's, it's on Wrexham, Danny, that I wanted to bring you in and just get your views on what is developing there at the moment. Um... They seem very confident at this level now after a little bit similarly to Notts County, a stuttering start. Uh, also, Paul Mullins returning this weekend big, although Phil Parkinson says he doesn't know when he's going to be back to his absolute best. That's the first time he's played since, what, their second preseason game against Manchester United when he had that heavy collision with their goalkeeper. So on Wrexham, what are you predicting from them for the rest of the season? Well, I think Phil Parkinson will be really pleased with the start that they've made. There's no doubt in my mind that there's a big jump from the National League to, to League Two. We obviously lived it ourselves with Lincoln City. I think the the, the top end of, of the National League can do really well in League Two, as, as it's been seen when teams get promoted. But the big difference is um, the, the, the amount of games that... that 
that are competitive. Sometimes in the National League, there are some teams that are part-time. Um, you don't always have to be your best to win when you're at the top of, of the National League. Whereas in League Two, it's such a competitive division. I think it's actually the toughest League Two that, that I've known. Um, and I think he'd be pleased with his start, particularly the fact that he hasn't had Paul Mullin. Um, obviously, the, the transfer window didn't end ideally for them. Um, they were trying to bring a centre-forward in. They weren't quite able to do it. Um, but they've reacted really positively by bringing Stephen Fletcher in. And if he's anything like um, the Stephen Fletcher of old, then he's going to be a real handful in this division. And I think he'll actually be a really good foil for for, for Paul Mullin. They've obviously got Ollie Palmer as well um, and Elliot Lee who play in, in attacking areas. So they've got they've got a fantastic squad. Um, I, I anticipate them being really competitive. If I'm honest, I, I, I look at their squad and think um, is one of the strongest in the division, um, probably with, with with the likes of MK Dons. I think Gillingham have, have recruited really well as well. Um, I look, I, I I can't see past Notts County at the moment, and that's just credit to, to Luke Williams and the job that he's done there. I think they are, they're a team that's got a clear identity, have got a clear way of playing that suits the players at their disposal. They, they haven't made too many changes, um, obviously brought David McGoldrick in, who's uh, who's, an, who's who's been an outstanding player and, and he's an outstanding signing at this division. Um, but I think Luke's been really intelligent. I think the way that Luke works, um, he does an awful lot of work with the players on the training pitch. I think he's, um, his game idea is quite sophisticated um, and takes quite a long time for new players coming in to, to understand the, the requirements of it. So I, 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 totally, I can totally see why he would want that continuity. Um, Nicky actually watched the game against MK Dons on Saturday um, and it was really intriguing from a tactical point of view because MK Dons are used to historically of, of dominating the ball particularly particularly at their stadium um, yeah it was it was it was Notts County that had the lion's share of possession um, and and it left MK Dons playing almost on the counter-attack and and probably to be fair to Graham Alexander who's who's um, he tried to bring a high pressing game to, to MK Dons this season. Probably the toughest conditions to, to play Notts County and with the heat as, as it was on Saturday. Uh, let's talk about, uh, I guess, sad news. Sacking, another sacking in the EFL. It came at the League Two side, Tranmere Rovers. Ian Dawes gone after a run of six successive defeats. He was only appointed in May after seven matches in caretaker charge. Uh, Nigel Adkin, the, Adkins, the Rovers technical director, formerly, of course, of Southampton, Charlton, Hull, Sheffield United as well. He's going to lead the team on an interim basis. Uh, but Danny, I was really intrigued by the comments in the statement of the club chairman, Mark Palios. He said, Ian Dawes got the team playing some attractive football, but we haven't been able to convert that into points on the table. Injuries have no doubt played a significant part in that, but football is a results game. I felt we needed someone more experienced at the helm to steer us through this period with a depleted squad as confidence will be key. I found that it almost underlined how harsh in a way this is because there's an understanding that the manager's done a good job in terms of the style of football. There's an understanding that significant injuries are what the manager is up against. And you've hired someone who hasn't got deep, deep experience. So when the first sign of trouble comes, you've got big injuries and the results aren't going your way. The idea that you've removed the manager because of their level of experience for me was massively harsh. Well, I don't know how you saw it. No, like I said, I'm I'm always going to have empathy for for managers that get 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 the sack, uh, particularly at this this early part of the season. Um, Nigel Atkins will will come in on an interim basis. He obviously was director of football. He's a hugely experienced football man. He's literally lived every role um, in a in a foot in a, in a football organisation. I think he's he's incredibly positive human being, uh, an excellent communicator, and. Um, I'm sure he will. He will use all of those skills, and will need all of those skills to 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 firstly stabilise the ship, and then try to get to to get it moving in the right direction. Tranmere, a huge football club at, at that level, um, and yeah, would we'll, we'll have anticipated being at the top of the division. Um, it hasn't materialised that way thus far, but there's still still an awful long way to go, as we know. 
Okay, I did want to get your views as well um, on the championship so far um, and just really who you fought with the standout teams there for you. We'll hear from Hull City boss Liam Rossini very shortly, but, uh, you know, with some of the big teams coming down from the Premier League, this was kind of earmarked as an, a, a massive season for the championship in terms of all eyes being on it. How do you think it started? Yeah, it started in a really exciting way. Um, you know, you look at Leicester and Southampton, and Leeds United, you're feeling going into the season that those three teams will be right at the top of the division when, you, when you've when only got to look at their squads and look at the, the depth that they have and the quality that they have. Um, but it's not easy. I mean, you you know, you try to walk in Russell Martin's shoes through through pre-season and the, and, and the start of the season. It's been very, very difficult with a lot of players um, looking like they're going to they're, they're gonna move on. Um, that creates... A lot of instability, um, and it's not easy to manage. And, and Russ is, a, is again an experienced manager, another great communicator, a really good person. And I think that he's he's done that very very well. He'd have obviously been really disappointed with their last performance at Sunderland. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Mm. And because the early part of the season, we we you could already see Russell's identity and the way that he wants his team to play um, being delivered by the by, by the Southampton players. So it'll be interesting to see how they respond. They've obviously got a really tough game game on Friday night against Leicester. Um, Leeds have had an indifferent start. Um, I think Leicester will be pleased on, on the whole with their start, but obviously disappointed again last time out with, with their defeat against Hull. Um, I think it would be... You know, naturally, you, you, when you think about the top end of the championship, you think about the three teams that have been relegated. I think it'd be really disrespectful of us not to talk about Preston North End mm. um, and the job that Ryan Law has done there because they've had an outstanding, outstanding beginning of the season um, and and rightfully are, are at the top of the league at the moment. So, yeah, the, the championship, again, hugely competitive, really exciting season. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see how it unfolds. Preston are one of those teams that sometimes you feel for the supporters because they have been there or thereabouts. They finished in the playoffs for seasons. They finished just outside the playoffs, maybe four or five points off it so many occasions. And you kind of wonder when their year is going to be. They'll be watching the likes of Luton and thinking, why couldn't that have been us? Um, do you think Ryan Lowe can keep, you know, I, I don't know if they're going to stay at the top of the table, but in terms of the good start, how long do you think they can keep that going? Well, it's going to be interesting. Every season, that there's there's somebody that comes from the pack that maybe you don't anticipate um, being at the top of the championship that finds their way there. We saw that with with Luton last year, even though they lost they lost Nathan Jones um, in a, in a pivotal part of the season. Rob Edwards was able to to pick the group up and 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 take them to new heights. Um, and and you know, Ryan Ryan will. Ryan Lowe will be looking to do that with 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 Preston. They've got a really interesting game at the weekend because obviously they play Plymouth. Um, and Ryan and Stephen Schumacher worked together at Plymouth previously. So they're two two coaches that know each other very, very well. It'd be really interesting to see see how that game game unfolds. Okay, we'll talk a little bit more about the championship very, very shortly. And we'll hear from Liam Rossini. We've spoken exclusively exclusively to for EFL All Access. Remember, we're in partnership with 888 Sport. Made to challenge, made to debate, made to play. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. EFL All Access on TalkSport 2. You're listening to EFL All Access. I'm Hugh Wizencroft. Alongside me is Danny Cowley. Not long to go. We've been discussing the championship. Been really interesting to get uh, Danny's views on the start to the season in that division. Um, and we were talking about, you know, uh, some of the bigger teams. I think, Danny, you were right to go through some of those who were already starting brilliantly and those uh, big teams that came down from the Premier League. But is there anyone else that you're thinking of? You know, Birmingham City, they've had so many issues off the field recently. Fourth under John Eustace at the moment. 
remarkable season so far, you know, revitalised by the investment, the ownership group and the likes of Tom Brady, of course, signing up to be a co-owner. Then Ipswich Town, surprising so many people, the impact that they've had since being promoted to the championship with Kieran McKenna already being spoken about, about possibly moving on to even bigger jobs, although the Ipswich Town fans will not want to hear that, of course. And then on the flip side of it, Michael Carrick and the situation at Middlesbrough right now. Big game for them away at Blackburn at the weekend. Bottom of the table with only one point as well. Uh, what what else in the championship has caught your eye? Yeah, well, I, it's no surprise to me that the Ipswich have had the start that they've they've had. I think another team that are very very well coached um, play kind of a hybrid between a three four two one and a, and a four two three one. Very clever how they they they. Kieran McKenna organises his team. I think they've recruited really intelligently with a lot of players on on the way up, and I I, I really expect them to be at the top end of that division f- throughout the season. Um, yeah, like you alluded to, Birmingham. I think a great start again. Another team with a lot lot of young players on a, on an upward curve. I think we've all been surprised with with the start that Middlesbrough have had. They've obviously done well in the in the Carabao Cup. Um, but haven't been able to turn that form in, 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 in into league wins. I think, to be fair to Michael, lost some key players, lost the likes of Akpon, Cameron Archer, even Giles, the the, the left footer. Um, lot, lots of goal creation and goal and goals scored coming out of that squad. And whenever you lose that many players, particularly on the back of the disappointment of getting to the playoffs and then not making, not not making promotion, um, that that kind of becomes a double whammy. Sometimes that that that's what happens to teams that 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 get that close to promotion. I think naturally it elevates their players. Um, naturally, clubs start to watch their players in these big playoff games. And then when they don't quite get over the line, they end up losing some 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 key players. And then it makes the next season very, very difficult. And I think that's what, what Michael is experiencing, is experiencing at the moment. He showed last year what, what a fantastic manager he is. Um, the way he picked that team up and, and was able to... Um, you know, turn their fortunes around and give the confidence to the players. Again, another another coach with a real clear clear playing style. Um, he he he's shown what 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 a top manager he is. This will be a new experience for him because he would never have never have, have coached a team that's in a, in 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 the bottom end of a division. Mm. So it'd be really interesting to see um, see how he navigates through this. But I'm sure that he has the skills to do so. Okay, all right. One other manager in the championship who's impressing so far this season. Uh, Let's talk about Hull City. No uh, matches this weekend, of course, because of the international break, but they are a team in form. They're sixth in the table, also unbeaten in their last four games. And earlier on today, I had the pleasure of speaking with their boss, Liam Rossini. Liam, thank you so much for joining us on Talk Sport 2. I've got to ask just by asking, firstly, how are you? How's the past week or so been during the international break? In, enjoying the sunshine, I'm sure. Maybe not the heat, though. No, it's been very hot. Uh, in England, we always seem to complain at extreme weather, but um, soon it's going to change, so I'm trying to enjoy it as much as I can. It's a lot easier when you're managing and not playing, not running around in this weather. Um, but no, it's been a really good week. Obviously, the end of the transfer window, uh, we got a really uh, positive result away at Leicester in our last game, which is always good before an international break. And I'm um, just looking forward to to kicking on and, and pushing on in the season now. And how does it work for you guys uh, around the training ground during the international window? Do you Are you the kind of manager that, that tells the players, go and give yourselves, you know, a well-earned rest? Or do you keep them in for training, work on some things to, to go and really hit the ground running when the, the championship resumes? I'm really lucky here, uh, Hugh, because I've got a really good group of players. They're really diligent. They really want to be good professionals. They look after themselves. So it enables me at the right time to give them some time off. So I gave them a good few days off. Um, They had their own sessions to do and record them with their GPS monitors. But I think as well, the championship is a unique, unique league. There's so many games that if you overtrain early in the season or not just in terms of physically, but mentally, it's such a grind to be able to have breaks. Um, and come back fresh uh, mentally more than anything I think is really really important so the players had a well-deserved break I just I just want to know whether that that knowing that they could have a few days off inspired the win over Leicester or are you one of those managers 
got into the changing room, all the players pumped after their victory, and you gave them the old, all right, go on then, you can go and have a good time, because, you know, that moment's good for a player as well. No, it, it is. It's amazing what the shout of a day off can do for a player. <laughs> um, but no, we we, um, the, we periodized training. We had we have six-week schedules here. The players know over a six-week period what they're going to do. I think that's really important for players to know when they can enjoy their family time and when they can do things. Uh, because for me, if you're happy off the pitch, then normally you perform better on it. And you are happy on the pitch right now. Sixth in the championship, a whole city. Three wins, one draw and one loss. And as you mentioned, that huge win over Leicester City last time out. Just how pleased are you with Hull's start to the season? Yeah, obviously I'm pleased. I think if any team in the championship were offered 10 points from the first five games, they'd be really happy with that. In saying that, it's uh, there's only another 41 games to go. Um, so for me, it's not about getting carried away right now. It's a form table. I'm not taking any notice of where we are in the league or top six or whatever. It's just more about getting as many points as possible uh, through what is such a difficult competitive league. You, know, you look at the teams we've played away from home, went away to Norwich, who were outstanding. Uh, Blackburn nearly made the playoffs last year and obviously Leicester. So every single game is really, really hard. And the worst thing you can do in this league is uh, get carried away and take your foot off the gas. I just want to take you back. It might feel like a a long time ago now to the summer, your preparations for the start of the season. Um, 15th place in the championship last year. I just wonder what your process is over the summer. Do you take time to reflect on on the games and the way that you'd managed during the course of the campaign and, and look at areas where you could have possibly done things better? I think every manager does. Uh, for me, um, when we came in, we were a point outside of the relegation zone. So last year was about kind of solidifying the club um, and then trying to build the, our way of playing and our style. So this process has probably been going on for six months in terms of how we're going to recruit, what we need to improve, how we work with the players and their understanding of the way we want to play. So for me, it's been more than just the summer. It's been through last season as well. We've always tried to build something that's that's going to take us forward and, and hopefully help us be successful in the long term. You're becoming more and more experienced, of course, in the managerial game. Your second job, if you like, as the manager, Derby County before Hull City. How are you finding the process of developing yourself as a coach? Are you, are you very yeah. self-critical, very self-reflective? I am. I'm super critical of myself. Um, I think to my 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 job, I say to the players all the time, people think my job is to win games. And obviously it is. If I don't win games, I'm not in a job. But I think the only way that you win games is to improve yourself or to improve the people that you work with. So that's what allows me to focus every day, really, uh, is actually just trying to improve the players on and off the pitch in terms of not just their ability on the pitch, but their ability to communicate with each other, building a really good spirit and a good culture around the place. And that's the thing that I'm really, really enjoying. And it's something I've always wanted to do. Talking of improving those players, let's let's talk about some of them. It's a, a really exciting squad at Hull City this year, but I wanted to start by asking you about Liam Delap on loan at Hull from Manchester City. He's made a good start to the season as well. What's he been like to work with? He's been a joy. He's been a pleasure to work with. Uh, my assistant, uh, Justin Walker, is very, very close with Rory. Uh, helped us get him over the line and get him in. And for me, it was brilliant because I've seen, I see young players, sometimes their first and second loans don't work out the way that they want them to or the way they expect them to go. The the difference in level from the championship to even a club such as Manchester City and the, the, the development leagues that they play in there is huge. So Liam, I felt, had a great experience and I felt like playing in a team that suits him and a team that he's probably been educated in playing a different way which we're trying to emulate in our own way here at Hull in terms of the way and our style of play, similar to, to Manchester City, I thought would be a better fit for him. And so far, it's only the start of the season, but he's been outstanding and hopefully his form continues through the season. What have your conversations been like with him in terms of the targets you set him? Of course, he's still a very young man, only 20 years old, um, but he has a burgeoning reputation. He'll make his bow for the England under-21s tonight against Luxembourg. Do you, as his manager, say, do you know what? At this level of football, you can achieve X amount, whatever that might be in your eyes. Yeah, I think every player can, can achieve things probably beyond their own potential. For Liam, it was a case of not giving him targets and him actually not focusing on um, the the result and actually just enjoying what he does. Um, and that's a massive thing. I think when players enjoy what they do, they forget actually how you know, how how tough this job can be. Um, so he came in and I, the biggest thing we said to him was just go and enjoy your football and learn. And uh, so far, he, I don't think if 
if you'd have said to him you're going to score two goals in in the first five games, you'd have been delighted. But I didn't want to put any pressure on him. You know, I just want him to go out there and enjoy playing. And what's been really pleasing in terms of him as well, we played him in different positions, and he, he's really enjoying that challenge as well. So hopefully he keeps developing at the rate that he is doing, and and I'll enjoy watching him. Got some help in the squad this season as well. Just in terms of your summer transfer, Scott Twine, Tyler Morton, Ruben Vanagra coming in on loan. You've also signed Jaden Philogene from Aston Villa, James Furlong from Brighton as well. What kind of impact are you hoping that the summer activity for Hull City can have on the squad and the performance throughout the campaign? Yeah, I think it's a combination. Obviously, you always want your transfers to work. I think you don't ever sign a player thinking it's not going to work. Uh, I think the most important thing actually for me was last season um, identifying the players who I really thought could carry us forward. I think we made five or six contract renewals in the summer. So those players who I've worked with for a good six, seven months completely understand the way that I want to work and they can actually carry the culture forward. So I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I don't I think normally it takes players a good amount of time to settle in and get used to a new club. So for me, what I'm really fortunate here is I've got a really, really good core group. And I know that those players coming in, they're coming into a really good environment where we challenge each other, but we're positive and we encourage. So um, hopefully that will stand our new players in good stead. And the names that you've mentioned to me, I'm really, really excited to work with them. They're all really, really good technical footballers. They're all of a really, really good age. And I'm really, really excited to see um, how far we can take um, take this project. I am too. The whole City fans excited to see what they can do once they gel together. But does that maybe for you add a little bit of pressure in terms of what you're almost expected to achieve from the fans, from the club? No, uh, a short answer. My, I want to be successful. So in order to be successful, you're going to have pressure moments, whether that's playing in the playoffs, whether that's fighting sometimes for relegation. There's always pressure in this job. And um, for me, it's something that hopefully I thrive in. Uh, I enjoy the pressure moments and I, I want my players to go and perform and enjoy what they do in those pressure moments as well. Have you got an idea in your mind, though, of what a successful season will look like for Hull City? In my mind, yes, um, but I'm not going to say it out loud. <laughs> I, liked, I like the fact that we're under the radar. I like the fact that not many people are talking about us. And it's not really what people say in um, July when the transfer windows open or September or even December. It's about the next May, you know, and I want us to be spoken about then. Uh, just finally before you leave us Liam we've got to look ahead to Friday night Coventry City at the MKM it's an, another challenge if you like what what kind of challenge are you expecting from Mark Robbins side and how do you feel like your team can overcome them on Friday night well I think I think Mark is someone I actually live about 200 yards up the road from him <laughs> um, so he's someone who I've really looked up to uh, because he's someone who's been in the game a long time as a player and, and I actually played with him at Bristol City when I was a young lad um, and he, he won't want to be reminded of that because uh, I was 17. I think he was about 30 odd. So uh, I'm a bit <laughs> younger than him. But he's someone that I look up to. I think he's done a, a fantastic job, not just at Coventry, but wherever he's been. And I was really disappointed for him that they didn't, you know, make the Premier League because he really, really deserves it in his career. So it's going to be a difficult game. They play a really uh, distinct style of play. Um, the players, again, he's been working with a group for a long time. I know he's he's lost two of his best players, um, Hamer and, and Victor. I work with at Brighton, they're outstanding. But I know that Mark is such a good manager that he'll always reinvest that money well. And, and they've started, in a, in terms of their performances, they probably deserve more points than they've got. And no chance of, of trying to garner something from your neighbour? You know, a slow drive past, just a quick peep into his office, see if you can see his notes on the wall? <laughs> No, no chance of that. No, he's too clever for me. He's too clever for that. But he really is someone I look up to. He's someone who's given me a lot of advice um, in this last couple of years as well. I've had really good conversations with him on the phone and I really look forward to, no matter what the result, is seeing him after the game. Should be a cracking game. Uh, great start to the season for Hull City. Really appreciate you joining us, Liam. Uh, thank you. Such an interesting character. Danny Cowley, another interesting character. Thank you uh, for being with me for the last hour or so. That's just about all we've got time for. But a reminder, you can listen to us every Monday from 6 o'clock here on TalkSport 2. If you miss any of the shows, download the TalkSport app. We're also available as a podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Just search EFL All Access. Loads of live football coming for you. Friday night, Southampton versus Leicester. 8 o'clock kickoff. Saturday night, 7.45, Cardiff versus Swansea. And another big rivalry. Sunday midday, Millwall versus Leeds. All exclusively live here on TalkSport 2.